welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Say Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Yo, what's going on world? Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast. We are on episode number 49. I uh, got something special for you guys today, something a little different. Uh, got an interview. Uh, a, a pretty long <laughs> interview uh, for you guys to listen to. Uh, so I've been on Twitter uh, since April and I've kind of just used Twitter as a way to, you know, try to help grow the podcast fan base. Also as a way to, you know, link up with other creatives, other people with similar interests, you know, try trying to use social media as effectively as I can. And I'm one of my Twitter uh, followers named Lizzo reached out to me about doing an interview and I, I did the interview <laughs> and it, it was pretty dope. It was a, a new experience. I've never been interviewed before aside from like a job. <laughs> so this was a, this is pretty dope to do uh, real quick. Um, it's a few, a lot of notes I want to get out the way before uh, you guys listen to this interview, which did run a bit on the lengthy side, but Hey man, it was a good conversation. So I didn't want to, I didn't want to interrupt it or stop it. I, th- I thought it was a pretty solid interview so yeah i'm i'll definitely be interested to hear you know what you guys thought feedback or anything like that but uh real quick let me get some some plugs in so i mean first of all shout outs to lizzo uh for reaching out to me to do the interview um you can find her on twitter at lizzo that's l-i-z-z-o underscore b2s um you can also find her website uh, Twitter handle, which is Social Dreamers, that's S-O-U-L-C-I-A-L, uh, Dreamers, or, and, that's, and that's at S-O-U-L-C-I-A-L-D underscore E-N-T on Twitter. Um, her website is, let me not get this wrong, uh, so it's S-D-E-N-T dot net, so you can find her there at her website. Um, website, uh, as I said, covers a lot of nerd culture so you get some anime um you also get a little bit of music a little bit of movies so uh she covers she covers that she also has a youtube channel which i will try to leave uh, links in the description below for all of her websites anywhere you can find her on social media um so yeah shout outs to lizzo man i really really appreciate the interview um she also has kind of short clips of the interview the first clip is five minutes the second one is seven that she posted on youtube so i will leave links for those in the description if you just kind of want to get a taste for what the interview is about kind of see where you know just get a feel for what we were talking about uh two quick clips you could you can listen to so i will definitely post links to those also so you guys can check that out and one other thing i wanted to plug um in the beginning of the interview we talked about um she asked me a lot about my writing and things like that and I realized after I listened to the interview (laughs) that I never really mentioned what I write or I mean I kind of got into it towards the end but a quick plug I guess for anybody who's interested I should have did this first time around but I'm terrible at self-promoting myself Um, 
you can find actually some of my writing and things I have written on my WordPress site, which I'm not very active on anymore, but I, I do use it sometimes. Um, actually, the reason I've stopped using it is because I, I use the WordPress to kind of practice writing, but now I want to get into putting out like actual, you know, like real material. But uh, it, either or, you can find me on WordPress, um, theserialsensei.wordpress.com. So you got to put the the in front of it. But um, you can find me on there and actually uh, the, Oddball the Oddball Chronicles, which is the short story series that I'll hopefully put out sometime before I die. When um, <laughs> we mentioned that in the interview, I kind of go a little bit more in depth to it towards the end of the interview. But I do have a few excerpts of the Oddball Chronicles on my WordPress page. So if you're interested, um, you can check that out. Um, so I've, got, I've got that up there. I've got album reviews that I've done. Um, I do have some pretty dope stories though not not to be cocky or anything but um for a little stretch i did this thing where i would like pick a song a certain song that kind of put a certain image in my head and i would write a short story about it so i've got a few uh, a few of my writing things up here and i have gotten a, i think a lot better as a writer since then but um i definitely appreciated using wordpress it helped me kind of flex my well not flex but just kind of like use my creative chops um i tried out just a lot of different things different styles of writing you know it was a good a good like creative exercise and that was pretty much what i wanted to use it for and i think i used it for that purpose and it's kind of why i don't use it much anymore because i feel like i got what i needed out of it but um i might eventually start using it again but that's neither here nor there but just wanted to give that quick plug because i didn't <laughs> really mention that during the interview at all um but like i said um, i will leave links to all of those information in the description below uh, of course you'll get my links um also a quick plug before the interview starts episode 50 um working some things out for episode 50 which will be a review of ufc uh, 216 coming up um, i'm trying to get a guest on it looks like as of right now that's gonna happen so uh should be a dope episode definitely looking forward to that um as of now everything looks like it's a go but hopefully nothing falls through but e either way episode 50 should be dope that card is gonna be fire so um yeah be, be on the lookout for episode 50 and as always man listen to me on soundcloud youtube google play also on itunes please 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 go to itunes give me a rating subscribe um and share share most of all if you don't do anything man just click a share button um always always trying to grow the the podcast trying to grow the listener fan base so appreciate any shares or subscribes or, or likes that i can get but uh anywho i've talked enough because uh, you guys are about to listen to me talk for another like two hours so um yeah that's it man i uh, hope you guys enjoy this interview shout outs to lizzo once again appreciate the opportunity and uh here's the interview hope you guys enjoy and until next time i will catch you guys later peace what's going on people i am i guess known on the internet in the, in the internet world as serial sensei uh one half of the dojo talk podcast who i co-host uh with the antaku covering mixed martial arts music movies all that good stuff struggling writer part-time video game player <laughs> uh, yeah, that's pretty much all i got i don't really know what else to say <laughs> That was a pretty cool intro. So, 
I guess my next question is, so, like, what are some of your goals, you know, for your podcast and, like, your other personal endeavors? Um, the main goal right now for the podcast, which I'm, I'm finding out is a lot harder than I thought it would be, and it makes me respect other podcasts a lot more, is literally just a simple thing of trying to grow a fan base. <laughs> like, I think some people, when you first start a podcast, you just think, oh, you know, I'll, I'll record this episode, I'll put it out, and somehow thousands of people will find me. And then when you put a couple of episodes out, you realize it doesn't quite work like that. <laughs> so um, I'm just trying to figure out how to expand my audience. Actually, that was the reason I created a Twitter, to be honest, was I was actually really against Twitter. Like, I thought it was stupid at first until I kind of looked into it. I'm like, okay, if I can use this tool right and I can reach out to the right people, like, I might be able to... You know, I might be able to turn this into something. So, and then as far as writing goes, uh, that goal, really, I just want to, I want to take over. <laughs> like, I, I love my podcast and I want to keep doing it, but writing is my main thing. And for writing, like, it, it probably sounds cocky, but I want to be like the Michael Jordan of writing. Like. I want to get to a point where when you mention writing, you have to mention me. It might sound arrogant, it might sound cocky, but <laughs> it's it's the truth. That's that's the that's the end goal. I, I want to put out really creative content. I want to give people something different. But I mean, ultimately, I I kind of approach it almost with like a sporting mindset. Like I want to get in this, and I want to be really really great at it. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with with both of those okay so how um how long ago did like you start your journey with the podcast and whatever you're writing and stuff like that um actually for the podcast give me a quick second i might be able to give you an exact date <laughs> um my first episode was on Alright, so it's not going to give me an exact date, but it was last year in December, and actually the reason I started it, um, I was trying to figure out, like, well, what do I want my first episode to be, and which is always a nervous wreck, and it was close to the end of December, and I was like, you know what, I should just do uh, a music podcast, and I'll just do the best albums, or not, not the best, quote unquote, but like my favorite albums from that year. So, I think I released that, like, late December 2016. I, I remember it was, it was, like, right after Run the Jewels 3 came out. Because Run the Jewels 3 had came out, like, right before New Year started. And I remember, because I stayed up till midnight. <laughs> and I remember going on the website, and so many people were on there that, like, the site was crashing. And I stayed up till, like, 1.30 in the morning. So, I was like, I have to listen to this. And then, yeah, after I listened to that, I uh, pretty much was like, all right, I have to record an episode now because I have this album in my life. It's definitely making the list. And, yeah, so that's kind of how that happened. Um, writing, I've been... I've kind of been writing since a kid, pretty much. Like, it was... <laughs> it was kind of the only thing I was really good at. Like, it was the one thing that I did 
that like nobody really had to push me to do or teach me to do it was just kind of one of those things where I tried it and I was like oh I'm I'm like halfway decent at this and so I just kind of kept with it and it, it it started with it started with short stories as a kid and then I kind of transitioned into poetry probably around like my teenagers I actually used to do performance poetry in high school and then after high school I went on to college and that was the first time I had encountered script writing <clears throat> and that class actually it was um writing for electronic media I'd had a period kind of in my life where I had strayed away from writing and I was getting more into recording music but when I took that script writing class I got that itch to like write again and that itch has been strong ever since so yeah writing's kind of followed me pretty much my whole life like even when it wasn't there it, it was there but now it's it's pretty much like front and center it, it's the, the main thing i'm focusing on okay so this is probably a weird question but so how all right so you have um your your um you know your scripts and stuff that you're writing on your your, your um short story um that you're working on and then on the other side you have um your podcast so how are doing these things at the same time going to um like I'm trying to put this in basically how 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 does this correlate like how are you going to use these two things to like build build up to um to the point that you want to get to um well I figure in in this day and age it it never hurts to have more than <laughs> than one avenue um I, I pay attention a lot to I pay attention to a lot of what other people are doing not not in a way that I'm like you know oh well he's doing this so I have to do this but like I'm a very observant person so I tend to if somebody's successful or at least in, in my eyes if I think they're successful I'll look at them and see all right well, what are what are some things that like they're doing and after a while you start to notice a trend and like nowadays you'll see nobody's doing just one thing anymore like the first podcast well i say the first but one of the first podcasts i had ever like started listening to on a consistent basis was joe rogan's podcast and then you find out through his podcast by like a lot of his guests a lot of the people he interviews you know i guess to some standard you would say are pretty successful people and but you'll find out if you research these people have multiple avenues these people are comedians these people write these people direct that they themselves might have a podcast on the side or i don't know maybe they might be a fighter musician the point is like they they do like a, a number of things and so i figured well i probably just shouldn't stick to writing maybe try to try to just tap into some some other avenues and I kind of think of it as, well, maybe if, let's say, somebody doesn't like my writing, I don't know, maybe they'll like my podcast, because those are, like, two separate worlds. Like, the things that I write about and the things that I talk about on my podcast have nothing to do with each other. So I figure I can, in some way, use both to build a fan base, 
maybe some people will cross over maybe they won't it's cool either way some people don't a lot of people don't like to read i get it and some people don't like to listen to podcasts but maybe they like to do you know the vice versa that but i kind of figure the more things that i can stick my hand in the better um i think nowadays is it's really good to be versatile and your your skill sets it, it never hurts to know too much or to be able to do too much so and, and i do them also because at the end of the day you got to do what you love to do and i love podcasting and just talking about <laughs> whatever i want to talk about the day and i love writing so i just i want to find a way to take any hobby i have or any interest i have and turn it into like something physical or something i can put out that i can give out to people you know that i feel like you should that's a good way to treat your hobbies a lot of us we have hobbies but they just stay hobbies like i don't know you just maybe your thing is you know you you love to watch movies why not start a blog about movies why not be a reviewer or maybe why not even make your own movies like i i try to find ways to turn my hobbies and interests into something physical some kind of content that i can kind of throw out to the world and you know hopefully someone down the line will catch on to it and they'll like it and then i'll you know try to build a a, a following from there okay so um well that's kind of um how i was first introduced to you um i heard uh, your um blog interview that you had with uh anime girls nyc and that's how hey, i yeah, found out yeah that's the uh that's my people what that's how i found <laughs> your podcast and then after that um i started listening to more episodes because like yo we kind of um we have a lot in common in terms of like music i'm not really into like mish martial arts like that but in terms of the anime and like other things they sort of clicked with me because I, you know, these are things that I like to do as hobbies, and these are also things that I'm trying to uh, use to create my business, like from the ground up. So I thought that was really cool, like to be able to see how other people are going about it, because we have like our, um, we have a U- our YouTube channel, and then we have the blog where the um, the majority of our content came from. Right. And, you know, we use both of these platforms to kind of, like, build and, like, bring people in. And I think it works. I think so. It, it works, but it, it it's hard sometimes also. Because another thing I've learned is you, you jump out with a podcast or a blog. And then sometimes you forget that there's so many other people who are trying to, like, do the same thing you're doing and then the struggle becomes you have to find a way to to like stand out almost and that's also like i guess a something i'm trying to figure out more which also i guess ties in with trying to grow your audience because you kind of have to stand out when you're not like directly competing with other people but in a way you kind of are because they're just there's so much content out there now that it's it's easy to get <laughs> just drowned 
and swallowed up in the endless Google abyss if you don't stand out. So yeah, it's it's it, it definitely works, but it, it it can be a struggle. But I look at it as uh, it's a challenge, but it's 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 fun. It's fun. Like um, but yeah, that's what's gonna set you apart. Like if you figure out like what makes you different from the rest of your peers, you know, that's going to make a difference between you and, like, everybody else. Like, um, and realistically, in, you know, in this, um, in this medium that we're in, there's not, there are really not that many people of color in this industry, whatever. So that's another thing that could possibly help. Um, I try to be very, um, proactive in that aspect where um I like this type of thing and so I'm trying to find people that are into these same things and I interact with them. Right. Because they have it's tons of it's you know, there's tons of spaces, like nerd spaces and stuff for people, you know, for the minority, for the majority, right? And we don't necessarily as people of color have that many safe space safe spaces like there's like um was it uh I'm trying to think um you got like black nerd problems um right. they're like nerds of color um what is it um there's some blogs and the ones that there are out there they're like really you know they're really huge because when they came out that niche wasn't um it wasn't as like big as it was, you know, a couple of years ago. But that's one of you know one of my focal points is I want to, you know, be available to people that might not have a safe space, like because right. everything, even if we don't know, everything comes comes down a lot of times to how we racially interact, especially like in America. Um, this country is like built off of like discriminating against people and keeping them separate. That's something that um, I kind of have to remind myself, and you know that's something that I try to to incorporate into my business, my model, you know, my model. Like, real, like we're gonna be open to everybody, but overall we're gonna make sure we pay, you know, pay attention to the people that need it. Right, the people that need it the most. Exactly. And yeah, and I think that's. Probably one of like the best things about I found about the internet and even like Twitter, even I guess Tumblr to maybe a smaller extent, but you find out that there there are a lot of people out there who are like similar to you or have similar interests. You kind of have to find them, you know. That we're in little pockets here and there, but like even with the the podcast thing, like. I didn't know it was as big as it was until I, until I started kind of like you, like you, you link with other people or you follow other people and then you see the people that follow them and you kind of realize like there's definitely a market <laughs> for us, especially for people of color. Like we're, we're out there. It's just we kind of all, <laughs> I feel like we're all like kind of scattered out and we're kind of, at least now in this age, we're getting closer to where we can, you know, using tools via the internet. Now we can get a bit closer together 
and we can create these spaces that that like didn't exist before because like it's it's funny like i always <laughs> i kind of get jealous of kids growing up now <laughs> because <laughs> like i feel like some of you, and anybody who's listening man like some of you guys don't don't know like back in like i, I grew up in well kind of grew up around a few different states but i spent a lot of my childhood in east baltimore and listen man in the 90s in east baltimore there was no nerd safe space <laughs> that, that didn't that wasn't a thing like that that just didn't exist you, you got shamed for for like being <laughs> being a fan of like anime or like marvel cartoons which have just blown up now now every movie is a marvel movie or dc movie like these areas just didn't they didn't even really exist and now it's like it's weird to see how like nerd culture is almost it's like pop culture now almost to where like it's gotten so popular that it kind of allows these safe spaces to be created because i do think now more people are not even just people of color like i feel like the world in general is slowly getting more open-minded to where you know quote-unquote nerd culture is now accepted in the mainstream so now people aren't as afraid to step outside the box now we can all link with people who are like us you got you know just think of all like the cons that happen you know you got comic-con and oh god what's the one we have in baltimore that i've never been to otakon well actually i think it's in dc now but (laughs) like like these you know like these events happen there they're so big now it's, I don't know, I feel like, man, you guys, some of you younger crowd, man, it's, you're in a good time. You might not realize it, but, like, there was a time when that that nerd struggle was real. Like, it was, yeah. it, it was definitely hard, but it's, it's gotten a lot better. And I feel like every every year we're, we're making, there's this progress being made on that front in terms of of us finding safe spaces. Or if we can't find one, we can create one and have other people come in and yeah i, I think in in that aspect it's, it's working out pretty well i i've had uh i had a similar experience um i'm from new york um and i grew up in public housing so like i used to get ragged on for like liking like anime and like liking comic books and stuff like that i was lucky enough to like have friends growing up um, that were into those things. Right. So I, it was never like I didn't know anybody, but they, you know, people definitely used to, you know, tease me and kind of like make fun of me. I didn't let it bother me because I'm like, look, I like it. You don't have to understand it. Like, you know, but it definitely wasn't easy. Like, I know people had um, way, way worse, like, experiences in terms of that like i was one of the lucky ones i think yeah i had i had small honestly i had kind of a small pocket of friends kind of similar who feel like we all even if we were different like personality wise that was the one thing that we could kind of bond over is that maybe we all watch anime or we all played video games but it's been weird to see how that has just like progressed like it's <laughs> i almost wish i could go like if there was just a way we could 
go back and track like how how did this blow up to where it is now because it definitely like I remember back in the day like maybe you could get away with Dragon Ball Z because that was like the one anime <laughs> that like everybody watched or everybody knew about but now it's just like there's so much more out there and it's just like it's almost like the nerd culture just exploded and I don't know, it's awesome to see though like I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad and jealous that like my little brothers are growing up in an age where you, you guys are getting a lot of awesome superhero movies like <laughs> my, my little brothers are gonna grow up in an age where Black Panther like do you understand I've been waiting for Black Panther to get a movie for so long and like now they're gonna be kids who grow up and like that might be the first superhero movie that like they're ever exposed to, which, especially for a person of color, like that would be awesome. Like you get to grow up and you get to see a superhero that looks like you, which I know some people. And not to go off on a tangent, I feel like I could this could turn into a whole different discussion. But like people don't think that you know representation matters, but it it definitely does. Like you you're more likely to, how do I word this, you're more likely to want to get involved with something if it makes you comfortable, and the way that you can get comfortable is if you see people in that space that look like you, so yeah, it's it's, it's awesome to see how this kind of like nerd explosion has happened, and now (laughs) I think Kids of the Future will be a lot more I guess maybe compared to like our generation, Ho- hopefully I, I want to be optimistic and that things will probably be a bit more diverse. So they'll hopefully be exposed to a lot more, which I, I think that can only be a positive. Like they'll, they'll have so many, they'll have so much more diverse characters and just like inspiration to draw from because we're, we're just in like this creative age where, uh, things are just moving so fast. There's so much content. There's so much going out from the top dogs like Marvel, even down to like the indie level. There's so much good content out there. If if you just dig and find it, there's something out there for everybody, which I feel like wasn't the case so much, you know, maybe like a decade or so ago. But I think that's awesome now that kids will grow up and they'll be able to find, you know, superheroes and things that look like them. So I I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm a little jealous about that, too. (laughs) When you you put it that way. Um, I didn't really... Like, it didn't occur to me um, when I was younger that there was a lack of representation. I never really had the, the normal response, I guess, like other kids have. Oh, like, why is there nobody that looks like me? That never really bothered me. Maybe because maybe it was because I was more into like anime right. than I was to the American comics. And realistically, it's the Japanese. They're gonna cater to the Japanese audience. Like we right. like it, and they're happy about it. But it's not really made to, you know, to be tailored to us. You know what I'm saying? Right. So like, that was never a thing to a thing of me where. I felt like um, I needed to be, you know, included 
And then there, when there are times where, you know, we were included, sometimes it wasn't the best situation, like Mr. Popo. Like, that, oh, that Lord. Is, <laughs> it, or, like, or, like, um, Jinx from Pokemon. Like, yeah. they, they, they had the... They um they had to change up Jinx because of of the whole incident, but you know it was things like that where, you know, we seen that and then I'm like after seeing that, do I really want them to try again? Yeah, that's what I say. It's almost like you know what you can keep me out. Like it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly. And um so, but at the same time, you'll see something like um Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Bebop did an amazing job at creating diversity. Like, right. Especially at the time when it came out. Like, it's 20, 20 some odd years later, it's still as diverse as it was, you know, back then or whatever. Like, it's not many animes that are doing that type of thing in, in like, in bad capacity. So... It was there, so I can't say that we can't. I can't be like it was nothing there at all. It was some. It just wasn't as much as they have now. Yeah, and I, I think it'll it'll get better. As what what I kind of hope starts to happen. But the one thing I, I do see that like bothers me in terms of representation, things like that, is I don't. I, I feel like at, at we're almost. <laughs> We're almost like waiting on Hollywood and all of these other avenues that, like, we're just waiting that hopefully one day they'll represent us. And I feel like we've we've been around long enough to know that, I mean, all right, we might get a character every now and again, but I think with this creative boom that we should start hitting the point where we start creating these characters ourselves. And, like, don't... And that that's kind of another thing I, I want to do with, like, my writing is that I want to create the worlds that I always wish, like, Hollywood or, you know, Marvel would have done. But, you know, for whatever reason, they those things don't happen. I want to bring those worlds to life. And I think, I, I hope in this age, in this creative age, that a lot of people will take, a lot of people will take that approach because... At, at some point, you got to realize they're not going to tell our stories for us. Or they're not... Like... Uh, I feel like I'm going to go on another tangent. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it bothers me when I see things like... Um, I'm trying to think of an example. So, like, at one point, um, they did, like, a female Thor. And I'm like, alright, that's that's cool. I'm not knocking it. You, you want more... Um, women in like a lead role i get it but i almost feel like just make taking an already existing character and just swapping the race or the gender it's almost like it's like a shortcut it it almost (laughs) feels like it feels kind of disingenuous like why didn't you just create either create a new character totally or give me give me a character that already exists who's maybe a woman or a person of color, minority, who just doesn't get a lot of shine, unless, why don't we just put the spotlight on them? And, which is why I'm so happy that Black Panther is finally getting a movie. So we got Black Panther. I think, um, I'm waiting anxiously every day that Spawn is supposed to be getting a reboot at some point in time. 
Um, I don't think they have like a release date or anything. But yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I guess the point is, I, I want us to just create our own characters, man. I, I, there's so many. There are a lot of creative minds out there, who I just I hope that they realize like just just create the the world that you want to see, and that's why I love guys. Uh, shout outs to um, I'm pretty sure you know him too, uh, Lashawn Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> man, I, yeah, man, I've been I've been following him. I can't remember the year, but I remember watching uh, the video series he put out on YouTube called Soul Sessions, where you literally saw this man go from, I forgot where he lived, but he, he went all the way to South Korea. He's from the Bronx, actually. He's from the Bronx. He moved yeah. out to, to um L.A., and he m- left L.A. to just go to Seoul. Like, I thought yeah. that, that was crazy. That was, the, like, I was watching that, and every time I watched one of those videos, I was like, Yo, I, I don't have any excuses. Like, this man, not only did he move, like, dude, he left to another, <laughs> he doesn't speak the language there. Like that's dedication, and I know I know it's it's a lot to ask of a person, but like, in order for us <laughs> to break in and kind of get our feet in the door, like these are the, some of the things that we'll have to be willing to do. But I think it's awesome with him in specific. It's starting to pay off now. Um, he put out uh, Children of the Ether, which I actually just reviewed on my podcast. He he did. I think it's like a quick, like fourteen minute episode. Um, but it was really dope, and it's also a really, like, I- I'm pretty sure it's going to turn into, like, a full-fledged anime, and it looks like it's going to be really diverse. The main character, um, was a black woman, which you don't see in anime. I can't, I think the only other anime I can think of that had a black woman as the main lead was Michiko and Hachin. Oh, yeah, that, <laughs> that is brilliant, too. That was yeah. Brilliant. yeah, and that's an awesome, a really underrated, um, that's a really underrated anime. Like, I, I'd watched that, I literally watched that anime because I saw a gif of one of the characters. It was the cop. I think her name was Zuko. Oh, and I yes. just Yeah, <laughs> I saw the gif, and I was like, what is this show? Like, I don't even, I don't know what the story is, but I have to watch this. And then I went and watched it, and it was yeah that that show was really really awesome. So yeah, for anybody if if, if you're listening, you haven't watched that, go 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 check that out. But yeah, I think dudes like Lashawn Thomas are kind of showing. We might not see it now because we're in the midst of it, but I think people like him, they'll they'll lay a, a blueprint <laughs> for a, a lot of other creatives to follow on like what to do if you want to get in this industry or even if you don't want to get in this in this industry like i suggest just watching his story as a creative in general like if you don't get inspired by by watching that then i don't know what else to tell you like (laughs) that man has a level of of dedication that like you watch somebody like that work and it makes you look at yourself like all right i'm i need to do more because clearly this guy's out here he's out here grinding (laughs) so I need to step it up. So yeah, I, I had to give him a shout out because I think he, I think he's gonna play a, a really important role, if not already, especially for people of color who want to get in the industry and they want somebody to look at. Like he's he's gonna be that guy. Yeah, do you follow him on Twitter? He's always uh, yeah. he's always blessing us with the greatness on Twitter. Always. Always like. Always. 
free lessons right there. Like, he gives so much information out. I'm like, I really respect that guy. Yeah, yeah. That that, and that's that's kind of what I hope to do with with writing, because that, that's another thing I found out with a lot of these like creative avenues that I think people of color want to get into. Like, it's I don't say it's easy, but let's say you want to be a rapper. You've seen that play out many times. So you have, like, an idea of, like, how that process works. But let's say you want to be, I don't know, a director, um, maybe an actor to a certain extent, or you want to be an author or writer of some sort. Like, there are, there are, you know, people of color in those fields, but... I think sometimes people get discouraged because you you don't see the process from the beginning to how they got like where they are. So you just see, oh, author, they just wrote a book and that's it. Like (laughs) you don't see like that's why I think LaShawn's story was so great is because you got to see him from the root from when he first started to how he got to where he is now. So I hope that, you know, eventually (laughs) when I put out a book, I start writing, if I can even become semi-successful, I want to help lay a blueprint for people to follow, to direct them to be like, uh, you, I know you want to get into this field, but maybe you just don't, you don't know the steps to, to take to make it happen. So I want to be able to do that also, is to show other people you know, just the, the the path that you can take to make things happen. And as of right now, I'm just kind of learning things as I go. And hopefully I, I want to pass that on to somebody else so that they can take the same step that I did, maybe do it better than I did. Because there's enough room, enough room in the pot for all of us. I want everybody to, there's enough room for everybody to get a seat at the table, basically. So I, I hope to be able to hopefully one day create some kind of blueprint that people can follow. Um you know, if they want to write, if they want to be a creative of sorts. So, um, I, I think it's important that we we share that knowledge that we get with other people, so that you know they can grow, they can expand. Um, there's this interview um, that was Sean had on um, the IG, the IG and Anime Club, mm. where um, you know he was talk he talks about his experience. Like how he got into the in- industry, like the anime industry, and the way he explains it is, um, it's interesting. It's it's not like he doesn't. He explains it in a way where he's con- he's 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 in there, but in a way where like he kind of just found his way into that, and right. he's not as you know, in there as deep as like most of us might think or whatever. Right. But um, you know, he talks about the process. He talked about kind of like how he got there, and um, he actually he worked like you say went to South. He went to South Korea, and he worked in at an anime company in Korea. He didn't go, you know, direct directly to Japan. He's saying a lot of people, their first thought is, I have to go directly through Japan. It is sometimes your way in. You might have to go elsewhere. And I never even really thought about it like that. And he kind of like lays out 
a lot of things in that interview. I think it was like maybe like 40 minutes or something. It wasn't even that long. And I learned a lot from just like sitting there listening to him talk. Like, I don't know if you've seen it, but you'll probably enjoy that. Just like, yeah, I have, uh, to, I have to look that up. It's on YouTube. That's awesome, though, because I think a lot of people also with the Japan thing, like, and I, I get it. You think of animation. Japan, literally, I can't fault you. That is the first thing you think of. But it's interesting because there are also, there are a lot of other places that do animation that, like, you just, you yeah, like, you, you don't think of really South Korea. But then you even have, um, I wish I could remember the name. But, like, I've even seen anim- animation companies in, like, it was some part of Africa. I can't remember. Where. Um, Ga- like, I, I know you're talking about. I think it was um Ghana has. Um, yeah. yeah. And like they're good, man. Like they're they're like legit. <laughs> so, like there there are definitely avenues out there. It's just that, you know, people don't you don't see it, and or either you don't see it or you know you just kind of don't know about it. And I think that's what stifles a lot of people is you know you're more likely to chase a goal if you if you have some sort of formula or even just the smallest blueprint that you can follow but it's the creative field can be hard in that way and that sometimes is not really always a set formula we all kind of find our own little little niche or little way to get our foot in the door so which is kind of what <laughs> kind of what I'm trying to do but figure out for this pretty much what everybody's trying to do is it's not really a set blueprint so we're all just kind of scrambling around trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work which is why I think is you know like I said I think it's important that we all kind of link up and share this information with each other so that we all can kind of build some kind of bridge <laughs> that'll connect us from where we're at to, you know, the place that we're eventually trying to get to. I think, um, it never occurred, you ever seen Steven Universe? Um, I know what it is. I I can't say I've ever really watched it. Okay, so, I remember watching it, and I'm looking at the credits, I'm like, yo, why are there so many Korean names? (laughs) (laughs) Like, in the subtitles, I'm like, okay, I'm trying to figure this out. And I'm like, Come to find out that the studio that actually did the animation from them is a Korean company. Mm. So, like, the a large portion of the anime that comes out here, unless it's, like, um, Disney or, like, Pixar or, like, DreamWorks or something, a lot of that, they outsource it from Korea. Right. And, um, and the way it's explained is that the yen, the, the, um, the yen is more stronger than the one. The one is the Korean dollar. Hmm. So, it's like, why am I going to, like, if it's more expensive for me to get work done in Japan, I'll go to Korea. They have, like, a similar art style, and they're literally, like, an hour apart from each other, uh, Japan right. and South Korea. So, you literally, you're right there, but then you're, you're, you're literally right there. So, um, that was, like, kind of interesting. I'm like, it makes perfect sense. Like, I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me until watching LaShawn's interview. And I'm like, I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Like, I've been noticing it my whole life and I never processed it until it was like blatantly in front of my face. I said, wow. You learn something every day. 
funny what you can find reading credits. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, it's actually funny you say that though because I think that's originally how I found out who Lashawn was. Um, cause I, I love the Boondocks. Like, I can't say enough how much <laughs> I love that show to death. And um, I was yeah. I remember one time just I don't know. I, I guess I'm kind of weird that I I pay attention. Like I'm I'm that guy who in 2017 I'm the last person on earth who still buys CDs. But like I like to read a lot of notes. I like to know who did what, who I don't know. I, I like to know the nooks and crannies of like every little thing. And yeah, like I remember watching the end of the Boondocks credit, and it it I don't know. Must have been destiny. I happened to look up on the screen. And two names I saw were um, LaShawn Thomas and there was another lady named Yamara Taylor who um, I actually found on Facebook who is a writer for, um, I think it's Blackish. I think she writes on that. She's written on a few other shows too. So it's kind of weird, man. Like a lot of these names and companies you see in the credits, <laughs> you can reach out to these people. Like that's another thing I've learned. A lot of these people who work on shows and in animation i know we like to think of them as like these grand like i think people have this perception that like oh if you work on a tv show that you're just some big shot millionaire you're untouchable a lot of these people they're just normal people like me and you they just put themselves in really good positions that they're working on tv shows and <laughs> you know they're they're, they're where we want to be so like a lot of these people you you can reach out to and some of them are really cool i've I've talked to some of them you know just small talk here and there but you know it, it's all about networking man it's, it's all about networking you gotta we, we all want to i feel like everybody thinks they can go at this alone we even talked about this off air but you got to build with people you you have to have some kind of network and surround yourself with people who are you know in that same creative field of you uh, who are trying to you know they're trying to get to the next level just like you are and a lot of them will be willing to help and share advice you know if you can find them so and you Which come at them reasons. properly a lot of times yeah 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 a lot of people will, like i don't have to tell you anything but if i'm taking you know the time out of my day to speak to you like be nice and a right. lot of people, like, they expect answers and stuff and get mad when people don't answer back. Like, you befriend, like, you talk to this person and then maybe after they, you know, get used to you or whatever, or this is somebody that I spoke to them before, then they might be open to, like, actually give you information, but don't just go and start yeah. plugging people randomly for information. That's right. Twitter, that's annoying, <laughs> you know? And, yeah, don't, don't be that guy who just, um... Yeah, don't don't force yourself into the inbox. Don't don't spam people. Definitely don't spam people. That is the quickest way for you to not get any information, and probably get you blocked or unfriended, or <laughs> whatever equivalent of that. But yeah, like there have been plenty of cool people who people I've seen who've released like either an indie novel, or um, actually as uh, a author named uh, I want to get it right. His name is Ben Henson. Um, he has a book called, oh God, I'm going to butcher this so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I know that the series is called Etika, but it has a longer name than that. But um, like I'm, you know, obviously I'm in the process of trying to put out a short story series, and like I don't know, I I don't know all the steps. I'm like I said, I'm I'm kind of figuring this out as I go, and we actually like crossed paths on Facebook, and I was like, oh, well, he put out a book. Let me see if I can like get any, just pick his brain a little bit. And yeah, like if you just be professional is all I can say. Like, I get it. A lot of the times when you're on social media, you don't think of it as you think of it as like this this big party where everybody's just kind of people just wilding out <laughs> doing whatever. But like, treat these social platforms almost like you would treat your business. Because at the end of the day, the way I think of it as, if you're a creative and you're on social media that your your social media is your brand as much as you might think it's just your personal whatever it's it's attached to you whether you like it or not like people are gonna attach your work <laughs> to like the things they see you do on social media it's all stuck together so yeah like if, if you're gonna reach out to somebody be be professional at all times and also a reason like you you never really know who's watching or or who's paying attention to you like there might have been somebody who maybe they saw your work and maybe at one point they did want to work with you but then they saw you on twitter wilding out <laughs> being you know i get it we all have our moments but you know some people some people take it they, they take it too far and it's like come on man like <laughs> but yeah like shout out to ben henson like I've, I've reached out to him a few times just ask him simple stuff like you know how did you go about the artwork for your book uh, actually, the most recent thing he put me on game was um, I'm at the process now where the book I'm working on, oh, which I should plug, it's entitled The Oddball Chronicles. Uh, <laughs> one day it'll come out, I promise. <laughs> but uh, um, I got to the point where I've edited, I've edited this book probably like a good four or five times, and I'm tired of looking at it, so I want somebody else to look at it. But like, I don't know personally anybody who like edits or like I want to make sure I'm finding somebody that's really good at it because I I want my work to look as professional as it can being that you know I plan on being like an indie author so I want my work to look presentable so I, I reached out to him and I was like well you know how did you go about just even finding an editor and he sent me a website and he was like hey just go on here you can um I think it's called like upwork.com if I'm think if I'm correct where you can go on there they have a lot of like freelancers so I'm quick tip for anybody listening might be something worth looking at um but yeah like i guess it's just the, the information is out here people are out here willing to help you but like you said you, you gotta be you have to be professional about it just don't be a, in people's inboxes just wilding out and, <laughs> and just doing whatever and definitely don't get angry that's not a good not a good way to build a, a network is you're getting angry at people so I think um I've used Upwork. Um I think I might I know somebody that does editing. Um I could put you in contact with her and you could like you can like I'll give you her email and if you decide that you wanna like look into it, you can look into it later. Oh, that'll work. But that'll yeah. definitely work. Upwork <laughs> yeah, so like Upwork is a lot like I use Upwork like to try to actually get work done. Hmm. Um but you kind of have to be careful because careful with the work, you know. Um, 
there's a lot of people on there that probably are really good at what they do, but then you have people on there that might not know what they're doing because it is a really popular website. So, I mean, just weigh your options. Um, I think Upwork. It was another site I was using called Freelancer. Um, there's also like editors on there too. Um, there's a whole bunch of um, like workmail websites that you can look into on top of, of like Upwork if you need options. Yeah, I, yeah, I'll definitely have to look because I've <laughs> I've been that's been the struggle after you write the book and <laughs> it's kind of like it's weird. You think writing the book is the hardest part when in reality that might be the easiest thing because it's after you write the book like there's so much more work to be done you, you got to get it edited um you know you want to have good presentable artwork and me i can't draw or i can't use i'm not good at like <laughs> artistic i don't have any artistic talent so i can't draw i'm not good with like photoshop or anything like that so like I depend on professionals or people that know what they're doing <laughs> to get those things done for me. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm that that grind is is real, man. Which is another reason why you gotta have a good network of people. Like, no, no, if if you're a creator of, of any kind, man, no, try to know a photographer, know somebody who's good with graphic design, know somebody who's good with audio. Like, these are services and things that you will eventually need at some point, especially if, you know, you're starting off as an indie. Like, these are tools that you're going to need. And while it's good that you know how to do as many things yourself as you can, one, it saves money, which is always great, <laughs> but <laughs> you also, you want, your, you want your product to look professional. And there are just some things that, well, for me... I'm willing to pay to make somebody look to to for somebody to help me make my work look professional cuz God knows if I do it it's not it's going to look terrible and <laughs> so I I'm depending on other people to help me out but yeah man this the indie grind is real man it's it's real it takes time it takes money it takes research but you know it is it is what it is you got you got to do what you got to do Oh, I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. Um, I have. Some, I've had some horror stories. There's some good ones, but it's all lessons learned. Okay, so um, we kind of like touch bases on uh, like what, like what their goal, some of your goals are. And stuff like that. So, I'm gonna ask you maybe like some questions, just so the audience can become a little bit more familiar. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Let's see if I can get a really weird one for you. All right. <laughs> okay. So, um, if you could be any fictional character in any platform, who would you be and why? Oh man. Um. Hmm. Right. I feel like my first inclination is to go with a video game character, so I'm gonna try to stick with that. Um. I guess because just I've been playing this as of recent, 
I'll be Luigi in Mario Kart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've been I've been on this grind of I'm, I'm trying to get gold in in every track on every difficulty. So I don't know. I, I feel like if 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 I could be Luigi in Mario Kart, but like I don't want to die because I feel like if you translate that to real life, you know, you flip over a, a cart and you fall off of a <laughs> like you fall off a waterfall, you're probably gonna die. So if I can not die but do that, I w- I feel like that would be hilarious. And I want to know what it feels like to hit somebody with a turtle shell. <laughs> if I can get that, <laughs> if, I, if I can get that feeling and know what that feels like. I'm good with the rest of my life. I can die a happy person. <laughs> See, my weapon of choice would be the banana pill. Because ah, yeah, I don't that, want nobody Yeah, I don't want nobody <laughs> to be able to hit me with the turtle shell back. So I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the banana pill because at least you can recover from that. I don't wanna that get hit true. with no shell. Like if you have one, they can have one too. I don't want no parts of that. Yeah, doggy dog world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, so what would you say? Um, is your top five uh, anime? It could be. A, I knew you. Uh, I knew you were gonna ask me this question, I, I, and I've been racking my brain. <laughs> I told you this one of them might come up. I told you. Yeah, I knew this was coming. All right, so um, all right. So first thing I gotta say, disclaimer: when I do top five anime lists, I will never say Dragon Ball Z, only because one, I know that's it's a cliche answer. Two, I don't think that's the best anime of all time, but, like, it was the anime that changed everything. So, like, I put it in, like, this golden place by itself, where it's not ranked. It just stands above everything else. Okay. So I'm not going to mention DBZ. And it also makes it harder for me to make a list, which I think will be fun. So, (laughs) all right. Top five all time. All right, listeners, don't hold me to this list. It'll probably change tomorrow if I had to do this again. But on the spot... Um, Roroni Kenshin would probably be number one. Um, number two, um, probably gonna go with Trigun. Number three, God, this is hard. Number, see those first two I can always think of. Three, four, and five, it's, it's such a fight. Three, I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go Ghost in the Shell, standalone complex. Uh, all right, four and five, I might just throw some. Four people can disagree with me, fight me, psychopaths. I'm gonna stand for that show. Number five. Um, oh no, number five. One of my favorite shows, most underrated show, Kenichi the Mightiest Disciple. Uh, that would be my number five. I know I left so many classics out. Y'all can fight me. You can argue with me on Twitter. <laughs> that's that's going to be my list. I think the only people that are going to really fight you on that are people that like are like American anime fans. What I mean by that are like people that only watch anime that have dubs to them. You know those, yeah. people, you know those people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I, that's another weird thing that bothers me. Like, I realize like, there are only... Actually, you know what? Hold on. Who who did I have at number three? I got to do a switch. I love Psychopaths. I love you to death. Sorry. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure has to go in there. Oh, man. That show is so Sorry. weird. <laughs> I love that show. 
I love psychopath. Psychopaths would be top ten. JoJo, like, I I was I didn't. It took me a long time to get into that show. Like, I had a friend. Shout out to my homie Todd. He used to tell me all the time. He's like, yo, you need you need to watch JoJo. You need to watch JoJo. And I was like, all right, I'll, one day I'll I'll get to it. And then I watched the first season, which I think was um I forgot it's Battle Tendency. I forgot the other one. But the the first season was like it was cool. It wasn't anything like great. And then the second season, which I, I think was Battle Tendency, that one was like awesome. And then I watched Stardust Crusaders, and I was like these stands and it that show blew my mind like i get it it, it is a really weird show <laughs> like it, that's an understatement but like one thing i, I love about that show like, like a lot of shows that deal with people with superpowers like we see the same abilities get used over and over it's like oh you got the guy he shoots fire this guy's a you know he does like telekinesis or you know like it's kind of the same things over and over that show man there's so many people with so many different abilities albeit some of those abilities are really weird and they don't make sense (laughs) but like it's just it's so different than anything else i've ever watched so like i'm I'm always like amazed when i watch that show to be like whoever created this man i don't know what drugs you were on or what (laughs) i don't know i don't know what you were doing but there are just certain abilities and things i see in that show where it's like there's no other show that can pull this off it might be weird and funky looking but it's it's so awesome but yeah it is weird though i I won't lie it's it's a strange show (laughs) like um i'll I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I it comes on like two like it used to come on tsunami, and I watched it like passively. Like it would be on TV, so I was like kind of half watching it. I wanna like try to watch it straight through from top to bottom, so I could actually grade it. But it's just so weird. It's like I want to see it, but then it's like I don't want to watch it, and then I feel like I wasted my time, and you're still getting no time back. <laughs> I, I would say, because the thing is, like I said, the, the first season is just okay, but I would watch, I would say watch Battle Tendency, and then watch, Stardust Crusaders started slow, but like that second half was so good, man, it was so good, so it, it is a lot though to dedicate to, so you might have to watch like 30, 40 episodes. But, like, I, I would say if you watch JoJo Stardust Crusaders, and if you watch that whole thing and you don't like it, then that show probably wouldn't be for you. But, like, if you get through that show, especially that second half, like, I, I don't see how anybody wouldn't like it. Like, it, it's so much going on. There's so many abilities. And then you get the last fight with Dio and, and JoJo, which was awesome. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's weird. I, I, if, you, if you can get through the weirdness and not have that bother you so much, I think there are a lot of other things in that show that that you'll appreciate. But, um... I was gonna say, real quick, I wanted to mention uh, in my top five, I gotta talk about Trigun real quick. <laughs> okay, go for um, it. This show... I, I was thinking of this the other day. This is one of the few shows that I legitimately, like... There were two moments in that show that got me in my feelings like no other show could ever do. 
and it, it was weird because like the first time my introduction to Trigun was actually through the movie it was it, it, Trigun Badlands I think. Oh man. It's which I probably shouldn't have watched that first because I didn't know like I didn't know who Vash was. I had no idea what was going on. But like I was entertained enough to be like, all right, I don't really understand any of this story, but let me watch the show and check it out. And I remember like the first like half, maybe like the first quarter of the show, I didn't enjoy all that much because I was just like, all right, we got this guy Vash. Obviously, he's really good with a gun, but he's kind of goofy. Like I kind of don't really get, you know, like it wasn't connecting at first. <laughs> Man, when that show hit like the midpoint, and you got introduced to Wolfwood. And you started seeing, like, Wolfwood had the relationship with, I think her name was Millie. And then you started to get Vash's background. And you started to see more of, like, why he is the way he is. The way that show did character development, it started to get really, really good. And then the moment in that show that, like, it shook me. <laughs> like, when, oh, spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Strike, I'm about to spoil the whole thing. So, if you haven't seen it, you might want to you know <laughs> but that moment when vash killed legato oh. was literally like, <sighs> like I that, se- that scene that scene shook me so much because like you go through the whole show and at that point like vash is on the you, you understand why like he doesn't kill people because of his whole promise and everything and then he gets to this situation where it's like you have to kill this man if you do not kill him, your friend is going to die. And she's going to die, like, right in front of your face. And he shot Legato point blank, dead, like, and the look on his face after he did it. I was like, oh, God, I felt it. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. It, 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 it shook me. And then the other moment, which I would say, if it's not the saddest anime death, it's got to be, like, top three. Man, when Wolfwood died... I was just like, I can't watch this show no more, man. <laughs> like, his whole, he gets into this awesome shootout with, uh, I think the, it wasn't the guy, like it was like his old master or, or whatever. So they have their whole epic moment. And then you realize he gets wounded. And then he's sitting in like the church. His gun, which is a cross. That is so and he's Right. He's sitting on the cross. And then he goes through this monologue where he's like, He's, like, questioning everything, wondering if, like, he did, if he chose, like, the right path in life. And it was just, like, that whole scene, I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, the first quarter of that show got off a bit rocky for me, but, my God, it finished so strong. And it was just, like, yeah, like, I, I'm a person where I, I don't watch a lot of things more than once. I tend to watch something maybe one or t- once or twice. And I judge it depending on, like, how it made me felt and if it just sticks with me. And that show, man, like, those moments stuck with me for so long. Like, <laughs> I felt like I lost two homies in that show. Like, <laughs> well, Legato wasn't a homie, but, like, that, that moment was just so powerful. It was, yeah. His hand was forced, and then it was like, you know, you know, you know everything about Vash at that, at that point. Right. And then it's like, like... You're, you're, you're watching him crumble too because it's like, yo, wow. Right. I understand. It's been, and it's been years. I watched that when I was maybe like 12. I was probably too young to be watching that at that point. <laughs> but I remember like how that stuck with me when I was mad young. So like, 
and I, it still kind of hurts. So I'm like, dang. Yeah. It that yeah that show is awesome man that, that show is really 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 good. R.I.P. Wolfwood. <laughs> oh man, that death was so sad. It was. It was like ah, uh, it hurts just thinking about it. It 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 hurts. <laughs> I can't think of too many other anime deaths like that had me feeling that. Mm, I'm like, I think that one. Um. I would say, um, uh, was the guy from uh, Gurren Logan. I can't remember his name. Was it Kamina? I think that was his name. His kind of hit me because his kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. Wolfwood, that might be the top one. Yeah, I can't think of a lot of other. Like, I, I never cried or got worried when Krillin died. He Don was just his thing. Like. <laughs> Krillin died in DBZ. I was like, oh, he, he died again. Okay, I get it. Have you <laughs> have you ever seen Full Metal Alchemist? Oh boy, people are gonna shun me. No. So yeah, never, never watched it. I've never watched Full Metal Alchemist. I've never watched Naruto, and I've also never watched One Piece. Yeah. Those are. It's a Full Metal Alchemist has this really like sad death. And when they um when Brotherhood came out, they repeated the death. So it's like when you watch it the second time, it still feels like the first time. Oh man. It's really it's <laughs> it's bad. And I'm just like, yo, I was like, it's so sad. So basically what happened is that you never did see the show. Um the two main characters, Ed and Al, they uh meet this little girl. Um I forgot what her name was. They met this little girl and her puppy. And the father is like, uh, he's like an alchemist, and he he managed to create a chimera. And you come to find out that the first chimera that he, he created, he sacrificed his life. And he was afraid that he was going to lose his cursed life, so he sacrificed his daughter and the dog to make a chimera. That was like the saddest thing ever. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta bring the dog into it. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, it was so sad. Ruger, it was Nina. It, it was so sad. I'm like, yo, like, how you do that to your kid? Oh man, yeah, I, I've I've read reviews for that show because, like, one day I'm, I'm eventually gonna go back and watch it because I feel like there are certain shows I need to watch just because. Yeah, I've I've heard that moments in that show are probably are probably gonna put me in the feels. <laughs> I would say, um, watch Brotherhood first. Because, um, Brotherhood is more closer to the manga. Okay. I think, um, you probably might, um, like that a little bit better. The first one that came out was really good, too. But I think, um, the story in Brotherhood might be a little, a little better. But then again, like, the stories are, like, they're really both very different. So it's like, you kind of, like, have an idea of what's going on when you're watching each of the stories and there's certain certain things that interconnect but it's still kind of like a a whole entirely different story all right i'll have to get on that I, i've actually lately been trying to figure out the next anime i'm going to watch and i think i've said it on my hero academia but yeah i, I got a lot i got a long backlog of shows don't watch that. don't watch naruto don't do that to yourself I, I, I won't only because 
I can't watch like a thousand. And I know people were telling me like, oh, you can skip the first so and so thing. Is I'm a completionist. Like I have to watch something from start to finish, and this is just way too long. I don't have the dedication. I'll, I'll stick to playing the games, which I enjoy, but I, I can't watch the show. I have so much yeah, love yeah. for that series, but it's just too much. It's like the first one is like two hundred of the episodes. Yeah, so you yeah. got a ship of that. It's like, <laughs> like five hundred episodes. Lord. And then it's like it's a bunch of movies. So, like, I kind of got to the point to where I was like, I'm gonna wait for it to finish, and then I'm gonna finish it. But then I'm like, it's like five. Like I'm like. I would have to go back and finish the first half and then go back and watch ship. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not investing in it. <laughs> I kind of want to, yeah. but it's like really too much. Like, and, um, I wanted to read the manga, but the manga is like, it's like 700 chapters. I'm like, Jesus. Yeah. but this is what I'm saying though. It's, it's like, it ran for 15 years. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, um, I mean they got a big fan base, so they they've been doing something right. But yeah, that's just, I, it's too late for me to get on the bandwagon. I think that train ran by me. Don't even, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't even, don't even go to yourself. Like I, I'm like I want to, but I'm like, and then another thing is kind of like the way Kishimoto ended it. Like he he ended it with like like to, in a way where like he really just was like screw everybody, I don't care anymore. But then, oh, like, you're done, yeah. but then he picked up a whole other series after that. So... Yeah, because they have, like, Boruto now. Yeah, like, I, I kind of feel... Yeah. I, I'm kind of I, I in my feelings about that. Like, you just was like, you're done, and you don't care anymore, but now you're trying to make more money? Like, yeah. I'm good. Like, you can keep that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... I don't have dedication. Not, not that much. Not that much. Yeah, One Piece is crazy long, too. Like, I tried to watch One Piece, like, twice before and I can never really get into it but I hear it's really good I'll take people's word for it <laughs> yeah one piece, that's, that's where the, that's where that'll stop <laughs> yeah but one piece is crazy though because they um initially like when it got um, we got when they got licensed to it licenses into it in the states um mm. Fox had it um they had the rights to it and they did a trash of a job and I think they had it for like two or three seasons and then Funimation brought it and they redubbed the seasons that was done by Fox. Wow. So <laughs> it's all it's double episodes on top of like whatever else is there out there. So oh, man. it's it seems like if this feels like work, it's work. Yeah. I hear academia. I I've also been thinking about that. But I just haven't haven't found the time to like sit there and like watch a series like I'm on my computer all day like working and stuff I don't want to get on there for more hours to watch anime I don't good thing is I think this season's only like 12 episodes so I'm like I can do that I can power through that yeah that's not bad that's not bad that's like okay let's see what other what other questions do I have okay so um so what would so what would you say? What's your favorite uh, video game franchise? Um, can I do like a one A and one B? <laughs> That's, fine. That's fine. That's fine. All right. So the the kid in me has to be. It, I would have to say Mario. That uh, was just like a huge part of my childhood. But um, another franchise. I love to death. 
I, I will stand for until I die. Metal Gear Solid. Like, Hideo Kojima to me is like, that's like the idol. Like, if I can, a, as a writer, when I play his games, like, I remember playing the first Metal Gear Solid. And there are not a there aren't a lot of games that give me that feeling that like when I finish that game I'm like, Oh my god, what did I just play? Like this wasn't just the game. <laughs> like <laughs> this was this was like an experience. Like that that whole the amount of detail and just things in that game, I'm like, Kojima, you are on you're on another plane. Like <laughs> when I write that's like those are the things I want to create. Like I want to make stuff that makes people feel like the way that game made me feel. Cause my, when I finished that first game, I was like, oh, this this might be the greatest thing I've ever. <laughs> this might be the greatest thing I've ever played. And then like, <laughs> you think you, you play the first one, and it's like, well, how 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 can you improve on this? And then you play the second one, it's like, oh my god, he did it again. And you play the third, like it just keeps. <laughs> like that series is so amazing, man. Like. The amount of just detail and just, it's the subtle little things in that game from like you talking on the codec and all of the different conversations you can have to the random moments where like you'll look in a locker and there's like a, a, a nude magazine or something and you get on the codec and Otakon's like, he's talking to you about the, like, though you don't get stuff like that anymore, man, like. Now, not to sound like an old video game head, but, like, for the next-gen consoles, like, I don't get games. Very few, I'll say. Not, not, there are very few that give me that feeling. Like, I can say after, like, the PS2 phased out, like, the only other games I think I've played, and I guess I also take this with a grain of salt because I, I don't game as much as I used to because I just kind of don't have the time because I'm kind of into so much other stuff but like I, I try to game when I can but like the only other games I can think of that even came close to a feeling like that was um Bioshock Infinite and um The Last of Us oh that was really great like, I... The Last of Us yeah I, I'll say man that when I finished that game I was like oh this this top five ever like <laughs> top five it's, it's somewhere in the top ten that game was amazing and that i can't wait until a part two i hope it can somehow live up to that first one but yeah that that was another game where like metal gear solid that when i finished playing it i was like yo this wasn't just the game like this <laughs> i'm in this world <laughs> i'm in this world now man i'm i'm in it like <laughs> i was in my feelings at the end of that game like why did you lie to ellie why <laughs> like yeah, man, that, and I guess on another, like, side tangent, like, I don't think video games get enough credit in terms of, like, being art forms, like, I think people just look at it and it's like, oh, it's just some, you know, digital interactive thing that you play, whatever, whatever, but, like, if you really sit and think about it, which is what amazes me about Metal Gear Solid, is, like, somebody sat down and created this entire world that you're playing in from like character design to personalities to the landscape of where you're at to the storyline to the dialogue like there's so much 
intricacy in that that I don't think gets enough credit for, which is why to me like Kojima is like that dude is on like god level of creation. Like <laughs> you're not gonna get there are not a lot of minds like that on this planet, man. Like you're not gonna get there's not gonna be another of him. Like the day that he passes is gonna hurt. <laughs> I don't even want to think about it, cause like that's that's one of those guys where like that's a once in a lifetime thing, man. You're not gonna see, there's not gonna be another creator like that ever. Nobody like that is ever gonna walk this earth again. Like you, you better appreciate these, this series while it's here, and it kind of sucks because I, I guess it's already gone. I mean, we got Phantom Pain, but then you know he had the whole trouble with Konami, that whole fallout, and then. I guess pretty much at this point, like, he's not working on any future Metal Gear games. And now they got, like, this Metal Gear zombie game or whatever. It looks stupid. It looks <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I saw that, and I was just offended. Like, don't put Metal Gear in this title. This game looks awful. But, yeah, like, that, that series blows my mind, man. It's it's so good. Um, look, if... Creative people, like people that are really like brilliant and creative like that, they never really retire. So like, especially like with all the crowd, like these crowdfunding sites and stuff like that, right. maybe he'll decide that he wants to he wants to come back and do a like an indie game. Look at Miyazaki. That man is like ninety something, like it's almost ninety years old, and he's still making movies. Right. Retired, <laughs> that man retired three times. He retired three times, and he still keeps straight. That. The Jay Z of anime, like exactly, exactly. <laughs> that man is going to be animating until he dies. Like, yeah. So you can always hope for that. Yeah. I want to be that person though, like just like do what I be like doing what I love until I drop that. Like, I want that feeling. And I think, I think that's a good thing about one of the good things about trying to be a writer. Like I feel like a lot of other professions have like these age limits. Like, if you want to be a basketball player or an athlete of any sort, like, you can't, you need to get into the sport when you're young. You can't just burst on the NBA scene at 30. Like, <laughs> your, your prom years, especially, like, also for fighting, like, if you're going to be a professional fighter, like, your prom years, that window from, like, 25 to, like, your early 30s, like, that's it. Once you hit, like, 34, 35, I mean, you get some people, there's always exceptions to the rule, most people, you hit a decline after that. You want to be a writer? Man, you can get in writing at like 40. Nobody's going to care. Like, <laughs> as long as the story is great, the material's good, I think it's one of the few, like, avenues where, like, time is on your side, man. Like, not everybody, you, you might not be the best writer in the world coming out of high school or at 21. It might take until you're, like, 35. But you might strike it big, like, Maybe you'll write, unfortunately, you, you might write a bunch of trash until you're, like, 30. But when you hit, like, 33, you might hit that one that blows you up. So, you know, I, I think that's awesome about writing. You, you can kind of get in at any time, you know. You can be 40 and still be out here putting in work. Or, like in his case, you're 90, you're still making <laughs> movies. <laughs> I don't even know how a 90 year old gets out of bed and still has that mindset but hey man you can <laughs> apparently you can do it so 
yeah, it's 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 awesome to see to see people like that. I love man. that man. That's like it. I love that man. Like he don't understand how he has changed my life. Like that's crazy though. Like, <laughs> I know people that are like seventy years old. They could they they can barely move around. He in the he in the studio twelve hours a day. Right, putting in work exactly. So like and making good like he's not just putting out your run of the mill like. He's making really good work, so yeah, man. Like it's there's no excuses out here. If if you got a guy like Lashawn Thomas who's going to other countries to learn his craft, and then you got other guys who are like three times your age and they're still doing this, like there's no excuse. You just you just gotta put in the work. You you just gotta put in the work. Like I'm not even gonna lie. Like a couple, I think, I think it was a couple. I, I went to this like um this like animation like uh i guess it was like a film festival so i'm sitting in there watching these like student films and i'm sitting in town myself i say i should have went to school for animation i i initially <laughs> i initially wanted to and i'm like i can't draw so i'm like how how am i gonna go to animation school i can't draw right and i'm looking at these these you know these films it was this one guy, he had this, like, a, this, like, a basketball show. Like, his, his, like, his drawings were, like, like, something that, that, like, a, like, a, like, a child would draw. Like, it was, like, a basketball, it was, like, a, uh, like, a little basketball animation. Mm. Character had, like, really, like, big hands. His shoes and stuff, it kind of was, like, 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 Disney-esque. Like, you know how, like, the Disney characters, they had the extra, like, big feet? Right. And like the big hands. And I'm like, yo, I was like, you literally can animate any type of any type of style drawing. I said, dang, I missed out. I'm, I'm waiting. It's gonna ha- I almost don't want to say it. I don't want to take my idea. I'm waiting for a stick figure movie. It's gonna happen one of these days. Yo, I'm I'm telling you. I've, <laughs> I've got some I got something for you that I'm gonna send you later. That's kind of right. like that. That I, some one of my <laughs> friends. I don't, don't want to um put the person on blast on the internet, but I'm gonna send it to you. All right. <laughs> it's kind of like it's it's weird, but I, I don't even want to I don't even want to put this person on blast like that because like a lot of people are not kind at all, and I don't want them to you know go to this person's video and be yeah. ragging on yeah because there really wasn't. It was like very weird, but it wasn't bad, and people are just vicious. Yeah, the internet is a ruthless, unforgiving, unforgiving place sometimes. People don't let themselves. That's what it is. Very true. <laughs> like that's that's a whole nother. <laughs> yeah. The, tro- the 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 troll culture is uh. I mean, yeah. Sometimes it's funny. I get it. You want to get your little jokes in, but some people, you know, they just they take it too far. They, they they take it way too far. Let's see. Okay, so I got another question. So, like, what's currently on your playlist, like music-wise? Um, that's a good question. Um, I say the two albums heavy that have been in rotation. Um, which I'll probably be reviewing on my podcast. Oh, I should plug my podcast. It's called the Dojo Talk Podcast. I don't even know if I said that earlier, but <laughs> uh, uh, this Rhapsody album, um, uh, Layla's Wisdom, 
has definitely been heavy in rotation. Uh, this R&B singer Daniel Caesar, his album's called uh, Freudian. Amazing R&B project, like really, really amazing R&B project. Um, another album which came out really early this year, and I'm almost confident. Normally, uh, it's going to be a thing that I'm going to do like a top twenty you know, at the end of every year in terms of, like, my favorite albums. Um, Joy Badass, All-American Badass. I still listen to that album, like, on a daily. And it, it still bumps for me. Like... Yeah, I heard, um, his first pro- his first project, Badass, I really enjoyed. I haven't heard the new project yet, but I feel like it's going to be amazing when I go. Like, the, the first one I, I liked because he was, um, you know, he's definitely really rooted in, like, that 90s hip-hop sound which I enjoy, so I thoroughly enjoy that album. And it actually kind of caught me by surprise. I didn't think I was going to like it as much as I did. But, like, coming into this one, I was kind of like, all right, are you going to stick with that? Which is not a bad thing if you stick with that sound, but I think it could have pigeonholed him to where, like, he'll just be labored, oh, he's that new guy who still does 90s music. But I think on the second album, he did a really good job of, like, expanding his sound but not sacrificing like content or or lyricism and then also this album was a lot more like socially conscious and focused to where like he was really hitting on some issues and not in a sense that like not not in the sense where like he's preaching to you or, or even that he has answers because I, I feel like that um a lot of times, I've seen like other reviewers do this, where they'll criticize an artist for like maybe they'll the album will discuss like a certain topic, but because the artist doesn't have like the answer to the problem, they like dot points or criticizing for it. But it, like if you think about it, that's how life is. Like you don't have the answer to everything. There's some things you're just frustrated about and you just want to vent. And I felt like with um with that second Joy album, like I got that. Like, sure, he might not have had the answer to every problem. And, I mean, in terms of, like, racial injustice and police brutality, it's such a complex issue that there's no just one blanket answer. Like, it's, it's it runs really deep. But I thought he just did a really good job of just at least just getting it off his chest. Like, this is clearly a problem. I, I don't really have the answers to it, but, like, I have to speak on it. So, like, and also for him, like, Joey's only, like, he's a really young dude. I can't remember, like, his exact age, but you don't see a lot of artists, like, that young tackle subjects like that, I think, in the way he did, especially at, like, the level that he's at. So, like, I I was really, really, really impressed with the album. It was was really, really good. But, yeah, I I listen to a lot of stuff, though. But lately, those two, um, another dude from, uh... Maryland named Odyssey. I bump him a lot. Um, also, every now and then, man, I, I go I go to my oldies. I love Sade. <laughs> um, I, I, I throw on Love Deluxe any time of the day. It always... <laughs> it's, it's such a relaxing... Just Her music in general, man. Just, you know, it, it puts me in a good mood. So, um, yeah, I throw on some Sade. Um, throw on some Biggie, some Big L. I, I jump around, man. I, I jump around to a lot of... A different stuff depending on what what kind of mood I'm in kind of depend on what I listen to 
Yeah, you're not the only one. I still actually buy CDs. Um, I have people come say, "Why you still want a CD?" I said, "CD sounds better than digital quality." So if you well, have, it, it sounds way better. And most people don't, they don't get that unless they're like a, unless they're like in the audio field. They really don't understand that. I'm like, no, it literally it has a different sound to it. It's like, no, it sounds the same. I said because you're used to hearing digital, like most of the music compression. Like, exactly, you're used <laughs> to hearing that, so you don't really know the difference because your ear is not trained to like detect this type of stuff. And CD quality, oh. Yeah, CD quality is so much more like crisp and just. Yeah, it's, it's and not that digital's bad, but you know I get it. That's the age we're moving into. But yeah, I'm buying CDs until they just disappear. <laughs> nah, it's, it's better. Like I know a lot of people that they collect vinyl. Um, I haven't jumped into that realm yet. Um, but I'm kind of thinking about it. But I would only buy stuff that I really, man, that I really really love and buy. I'm so afraid to jump into that because I, my CD uh, addiction is kind of out of control. I'm definitely a hoarder, and I'm afraid if I start buying vinyl, it's 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 gonna be a whole nother level. <laughs> I almost don't want to jump into it, but like every time I see vinyl and like you know how like some vinyls have like special like artwork or like they'll make make the actual vinyl look really cool. I'm just like, oh, it looks so beautiful. I'm like, I can't keep spending money on, like, I got bills. Like, I, I can't just be throwing my money away. But I don't think of it as throwing my money away because it's such, I don't know, I, I love crate digging, man. Crate digging and finding new music, it's, it's awesome. I, I would encourage anybody, like, if, I know record stores are slowly, like, phasing out. Not a ton of them as much as they used to, used to be, but, um, we got a spot in Baltimore called Soundgarden. Haven't been there in a while, but like every time I go in there, I feel like a little kid. Like you see all these CDs and all this artwork, and I just feel like it's like my playground, and I'm in like my happy place. <laughs> so. Well, I think like overseas, like CDs is still like a big thing. Like they're just, it's like here, they're kind of like trying to move away from that, um, away from the CDs and stuff. But if you go overseas, people still like sell these CDs at shows and stuff like that. They just the um the powers that be here just decided that they wanted to um like go the digital route. But we don't have um too many record stores here. Like in the ones that we still have, the majority of them they deal mostly in vinyl. Yeah. And I haven't. That's a beast that I haven't to touch yet. Cause I, I I'm kind of like I, I save everything, not everything, but I'm sort of like a hoarder too. So if I end up spending a ton of money on vinyl, then I have no way to store them. Yeah, but yeah, that's another problem. Like I'm running out of CD space and vinyl. I just too many vinyl, too little money, <laughs> too little space. <laughs> I don't know. That's why I need to make it as an author. If I can blow up, I can afford some more space, I'll buy a vinyl. Exactly. Have his own dedicated <laughs> to that. Oh, yeah. But I know, like, um, one of my friends, he's, um, he moved from, he lives in Taiwan. And every time I talk to him, he's, like, he's, like, CD diving. He's, like, yeah, I go. He's, like, go to these stores. He's, like, get the C- I get CDs. Well, like, for, for, for dirt cheap, 
like stuff that's like hard to find. So I'm trying to get. I kind of, I kind of want to send him some money and give him a to list pick up some. to pick up some stuff. <laughs> like I want to send you the money, and I'll send you the money to ship the stuff back to the states. Cause I'm like, like gems. Like he be finding gold and stuff. I'm like, oh, where do you find that from? Like, especially like if it's something, if it's like if it's an album that's not by a popular person. It's gonna be hard to find. Yeah, you're more likely to find it out there. Than yeah, there. cause like, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, I've been saying I was gonna send him money, but I need to like kind of like get a list and tell him what to get. Then again, I might just be like, yo, just send me some, like, send me whatever, cause I listen to you know all types of music. Nobody like, yeah, just send me whatever, and I see how that goes. But this dumb chick, he found, um, what was it, um, Left Eye from TLC, when she went solo, she released the album, hmm. and the album, for whatever reason, they never released it in the States. It got released in Asia, and I think it got released in Europe. He tracked down the album. I said, where'd you get that from? Where'd you released <laughs> that here? I'm like... And then, like... If you do find the album in the states, or you come across it on Amazon, that joint is like forty-five, fifty dollars because it's so rare. And it's like, come on, man! Like, come on, son. Like, don't, yeah. Like, I think the last CD I, I um I brought, don't judge me. Don't don't. This is <laughs> this is. I probably shouldn't tell <laughs> But um, you remember? Okay, I don't know if you know, but you remember Alvin and the Chipmunks? Yeah. So the Alvin and the Chipmunks had a movie um called The Adventure. Where mm. they basically like um, chipmunks and the chipettes, they were having a competition to race around the world to collect mm. these dolls. So they have an album from that. I literally brought the album in the DVD. I think for like twenty dollars off of um off of um Amazon like a couple months ago. <laughs> and I was like, I was, I was like, yo, those songs. Some of the songs in that album was actually hard. Like they had a few songs that were actually covers because you know no, normally they do covers, but then they had some like, right. original songs. Those songs are actually kind of hard. Like I probably shouldn't be telling nobody that, but I don't even care. Hey man, people be sleeping. Movie soundtracks, a lot of them. I, I don't know how much nowadays. I haven't bought like recent ones, but like I love the um that Transformers animated movie that came out in like the '80s. I love that soundtrack. Like I work out to that soundtrack. Like. <laughs> Some of these movie soundtracks and even video games on the low. Now you know what's actually hard. Uh, Streets of Rage too. Oh yeah. Yes, that's life for you know. Those people who are making like them eight-bit songs and sixteen-bit, yo, y'all were doing some some magic. Like <laughs> people sleep some on the art form. It's an art form of people saying like a lot of people. If you're not part of the fandom, they don't know. Like, yeah. Seriously, some talented people. Video games have put me on a lot of good music. I actually saw an article the other day of them ranking like, uh, like video games in their soundtracks, and like one of the games always sticks out to me is Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. Oh like, yo! <laughs> that game and um, Grand Theft Auto Three did so much for me musically. Like Grand Theft Auto Three introduced me to Royce the Five Nine, and I've been a fan ever since that game. And Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 was probably one of the first games that, like, I, I won't say it was, like, my introduction to rock music, 
but that was probably one of the first times I heard Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. And, like, yeah, like, it just introduced me to other to other music forms and genres that I wasn't really, like, checking for. So, yeah, like, video games on the low, man. There, there's some really good, uh, some really good soundtracks out there. A- anime, too, man. There's some anime, uh, soundtracks I've, I've came across that I, I thought were were really good if anybody likes um if you want some real like beautiful music <laughs> so to speak uh the anime called terror and resonance that that soundtrack is amazing most beautiful music you'll ever listen to I'm tra- um, ba- cowboy bebop soundtrack was amazing awesome. yoko <laughs> is a beast like yeah Oh, yeah. yeah, actually, yeah. Yoko, Yoko did Terror and Resonance. Oh, really? So, yeah, and it's so it's so. weird. It's weird because Cowboy Bebop and Terror and Resonance they don't sound anything alike. Cause like Terror, I mean, uh, Cowboy Bebop was a lot more like jazzy and like funk. Terror and Resonance is just like this really blissful. Like <laughs> it's so peaceful and like serene. So yeah, it's yeah, it's so much good music out there. In, in forms that you wouldn't really think of, but and I think that's another thing, almost another tangent. In this creative era, I think there are a lot of ways people can use their talent that they don't really think of. Like a lot of the times you think, oh, um, I don't know, maybe you're a producer, you make beats, whatever, whatever, and you're only the only way you, you would think, which I get it because most people do it, you're a producer. So either maybe you put out some instrumental EPs or maybe you're just trying to find an artist that you can produce for. But you got to think, man, like how many things do you watch on a daily that have music, commercials, movies, video games, little jingles for like ads and like music is everywhere. There's no there's no media (laughs) that you consume that doesn't have music in it. Same for like a writer. That commercial you watch, somebody had to write that. That didn't just pop out of nowhere. The video game you're playing. It's as it's, it's simple as the storyline might be. Somebody had to write that. So, like, there are a lot of just so many avenues and ways that people can use their talent that I don't think you really think of. But, yeah, I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Like, because video games and... Video games and like TV, as I think people just forget, like people write these and make music. So th- these are like valid career paths that you can take. You can take. It's just I think people just sometimes forget about it because you, you know, you just want to be the next hit rapper or, or whatever. But there are other ways to get your music out there. Like um the like the what do they call those um the music publishers that actually get um your song into shows and stuff like that that's even it's even more difficult to get those types of gigs than it is to get to sell your 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 beats to a rapper right so like unless you know um you either get lucky because you know somebody or you literally have to start building your name like doing um like work for like independent like filmmakers like i don't know how it Mm. is in um Maryland, but here in New York City, like, there's so many, like, small, like, independent, like, filmmakers here, like, and they they literally, like, look for free labor, um, free labor, and 
all the time that you know kind of that are willing a lot of times to give a shot to somebody that um might not have experience or might not have credit in that type of avenues so like you said it's definitely ways to do it but um i think it's a lot easier to actually just you know sell your beats uh to musicians who might not unless you're trying to like sing your song to like rihanna Right, yeah, that's or like yeah. Big Jagger or somebody. <laughs> oh, like like other you follow what I'm saying? Like I think Yeah. I mean I think it's a little bit more easier because you you know, you do have a lot of like aspiring musicians, like people that wanna just make music for fun or they might wanna like actually like turn it, you know, into a career. It's easier to get in that community than it is for the other for the other doors to kind of like open up so I think, I think a lot of times that's why people don't actually think that's a portable option because nobody's really even talking about it yeah you just got to put yourself in the right position and it, it'll definitely take time but you know I, I think it's just an option people should you know be aware of because I'm pretty sure these people that make these jingles they're getting paid <laughs> yeah, they really like, are. <laughs> they get paid, and the the jingle's like thirty seconds. It's not even a full song. So I mean, like if if you can somehow manage to pull off a jingle for a popular company, man, that's that's it's a lot of green coming your way. I've been trying to figure that out too. I, I don't know how I'm a, i am I want to somehow break into like TV or film. Not not just writing, just like I don't know. If I could get on like a syndicated show. <laughs> something that'll give me a check for a while i've been I've been trying to figure that out too i'm t- a... going to craigslist they literally go on craigslist and you go through um the creative tab you find some. you literally you can find somebody like sometimes the big name companies advertise on there but you can smart up smaller like it might be somebody that's in the same situation that you're in that right. you can work something out with and you start building your name if you have like a if you have a footprint, like I did, I did this, I did this, this, and this. The big companies will start coming to you if you're good at what you do. So I mean, that's a way that you can put yourself in that situation. Like you build a resume for yourself that way. Cause that be the issue that a lot of people do have is that they know how to do X, Y, Z. But if I don't have proof, physical proof, that I've done something, where they can they can like check it out themselves. It's just hearsay. Yeah, nobody's checking for you. Exactly. <laughs> I've had that happen to me plenty. I've had that happen to me, you know, plenty of times. Like I worked in the studio. A lot of those artists that I worked with, um, I record something, they don't put it out, or I can't get, or you know, I can't get in contact with them or whatever. So, like half my work, more than half, probably more than half of the work I've done, I don't have no trace for it. So I only have, um traces to a few songs and some of those stuff that I worked on two or three years ago and it just got released now so like my trail is like really like it's just really like visible now so I know what it's like to be able to do XYZ and no one don't want to talk to you because you can't prove that you did you know XYZ so no one wants to be in that situation build you a little small resume to prove that you can do it and it'll be a lot easier to like 
get the get those doors open open for you. That grind is real. <laughs> That's what it always goes back to, man. You gotta you gotta you gotta keep putting in that work. Now, have you ever played a Def Jam fight for New York? Yes, I did. That's my Long. favorite game of all time. That's like my man. that's like my favorite game. I love that game. I always see people say like they want that to be remade, but like I I think now and it's like, could you remake that today? Like would it be I feel like it would be different. Like I don't <laughs> I don't know. Like it's just the way like music and hip hop has changed so much. Like I, I feel like that game wouldn't I don't it would probably could still be good, but I just feel like something would be missing. Like I don't know, cause you got you got to think, man. Like Def Jam, Fight for New York, man. You had dudes like Meth, Red, um, who else? Ghostface. Yeah, Bobby, like. So could you could you imagine going from that? Could you imagine going from that to like Uzi Vert, <laughs> like Young Thug, like? And I get it. I mean, you can still throw in. You know the same people from, but you have to incorporate something from the next generation because you, you want to appeal to the widest audience. I, I don't know that. I don't. It would be weird. It depends on how they would do it, because after Def Jam fight for New York, they came out with Def Jam Icon, and that was trash. Like I don't know what they were trying to do with that game. So like, I don't know if they'll be able to remake that magic. I I agree with you. Even though I would love to play it, but I don't know how possible that's going to be with considering music and taking into consideration how games are played now. Like, yeah. You got to move the that and uh, the whole, like the PlayStation, they got some games where the whole, you have to move the whole joystick. Like, not even the buttons. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is this? So. And you got that and like, Def Jam isn't even the same anymore. Like, literally, the company Def Jam. Like, music has just changed so much from then that, like, I wonder even what licensing and things would be like. Because a lot of the biggest artists now, people aren't really signed to labels. Everybody's, like, kind of... Like, the indie thing is big now. I mean, you still got Def Jam. You still got companies like Universal, all that, all that. But, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing it be remade. I think graphics would be dope. If anything, it it would definitely look the part. Yo, they literally, like they literally can like make like the the um the bosses in that game can literally be like like legendary hip hop artists that died. Right. <laughs> like it's a, it's literally <laughs> it's literally it's literally enough prominent ones that passed away where they can like literally make them a thing. So. That would be kind of fun, but then at the same time, it's like that's kind of a tearjerker. Did you gotta, yeah. Did you gotta fight yeah. people? What? I mean, that will sell. Like nobody, you're, you're like the most profitable after you die. True. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> Sad, but yeah, yeah man, that's there are a lot of artists I didn't really appreciate until they died, and some of them I didn't know about until they died, like. I remember listening to Big L for the first time back in like the 90s and like that freestyle he did with Jay-Z. And I was like, yo, this dude is on another level. And then I look up all his music 
And I'm like, yo, this dude is the truth. When's the next album coming up? Yeah. Then you Google him. It's like, yo, he's not here anymore. And it's like, well, that sucks. <laughs> that like, like, and it really does. Like, he's one of the him and um, him and Pun. I always look at, and it's like, what could y'all have been if y'all were just here just a little bit longer? Like, what else could y'all? It, it's it's always weird. And we, I've had this discussion at my job, and then it's proud into something out of control. But, like, everybody thinks that, like, and the main ones are, like, Pac and Biggie. Like, what what, what would they have been in 2017 if if they were still around? And I always tell people, I don't think Pac would have been making music anymore, to be honest. I don't think so. Because he, yeah, he had so many other avenues and, and things that I, I think he would have moved way past music that dude would have been an activist somewhere or either doing movies or both <laughs> like, he, would, he, he, he would definitely been um, doing movies but he would he always said that he he didn't feel like he was an activist or he he didn't feel like he 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 needed to like he was right for that he was right for that type of position he was yeah. just kind of like speaking on what he thought and like kind of like what he experienced he never felt like he was a he was the voice of the people like he was just telling what he know like what he sees like what he learned out through his life and that's i think is part of the reason why he was so big like he was like literally like prolific and he wasn't even trying to be he was like literally just yeah himself. man P- yeah that that was the thing that made me a fan of him like People, it's not just the music, man. Like, if you watch his interviews, man, like, he, he was definitely a thinker. And I, I don't think he got... I, I think people discredit him because, you know, he... On one hand, he, he was kind of, like, for the people in a way. But then on the other hand, he was still a young 25-year-old dude. You know, he had his moments of wilding out, doing whatever, whatever. But... Yeah, I mean, like if if you watch his interviews, man, like he he was a really intelligent guy, and it yeah, it it really sucks that like he got taken so early, and that still in 2017 nobody knows who who killed him. There's so many theories, and yeah, it's 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 weird. <laughs> it's 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 weird. I'm interested to see like what hip hop's gonna be like 40 years from now if it if it survives another 40 years i'll be surprised to be honest with you like how you said it's like the like it literally went from kind of being like it went from kind of being like a lifestyle thing to where people were like living within this culture like doing these things to it going from that to it going to like being like something that you can like kind of just do, right? Or something cool, and like a lot of times the that that cultural element is missing from that. So I don't really know how much longer it's gonna be around. And even if it if it lasts another forty years, I don't think it's gonna be recognizable. Yeah, it's. I, the, the optimist in me wants to believe that like the pendulum will swing back and it'll be more about the art form and not so much just you know the glitz and whatever but it's it's kind of hard to predict because 
like music is definitely like a reflection of life yeah. and life in the 40 years who knows what that's going to look like like just life in general <laughs> like, exactly. the times we live in now are wild enough like with with, with trump <laughs> and that that's a whole nother <laughs> yeah the protest oh my god that i gotta say this real quick i have to get this off my t- i when i love the dallas cowboys but when i saw jerry jones take his nail with that smug on his face it looked so disingenuous and i just i wanted him to catch like the Shawn michaels sweet chin music <laughs> like <laughs> it just I'll, I'll say this real quick because I, I want to, I, I got to put this out there and just real quick. I ain't going to go over the whole backstory of the protest. If, if you know, you, you know, if you're not in the know, then whatever. But like, it bothers me now because I just feel like I don't think people really know what they're kneeling for anymore. Like, I feel like the original purpose of what Kaepernick was trying to do, that whole point has just been lost. And now I just feel like it's morphed into something else. And it's just like, I don't, I get it. But like, I I just, I don't know what this is anymore. Like we went from Kaepernick trying to bring awareness to like police brutality and injustice. And I'm like, all right, that's great. That's awesome. We definitely need, you know, somebody to talk about that. There's definitely changes that need to be made in that area. But then it's like, this like literally this past Sunday, like it just switched into something else, and Trump got in it, and now I just feel like they're kneeling just to go against Trump. But then nobody's talking about the original point in all of this, and then they bring the flag into it, and that wasn't really originally like the whole thing just got. I don't know, man. It's so <laughs> it's so frustrating to watch now because like I don't. When I look at that whole situation, I don't know what it's going to lead to. Like, I don't know what the end game is anymore. Cause, because I just feel like the original the original point of, of it all just kind of got lost somewhere. And I don't know. That, that could be a whole other podcast, to be honest. Like, <laughs> it's just, I don't know, man. Uh, I, I hope something good comes of this. I hope. I want to believe but i don't know his history shows me otherwise but i, I, I want to be an optimist but i don't know man that that whole situation kind of bothers me too but i don't know that's, that's neither here nor there yes <laughs> i just i just hope people i don't want people to lose sight of like what the original point of that was because i think what kaepernick was trying to do was really important but like that part is just getting lost in a bunch of other shenanigans. We've got Ray Lewis out here on both knees. Just <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh my God. It's, it's, it's almost like a circus show now. Like Kaepernick and I, I can't remember the other guy's name because they were the only two kneeling and everybody was harping on him. But now that Kaepernick's gone, now everybody's kneeling. It's like, where were y'all last year when this man needed you the most? Now everybody wants to kneel because it's almost like the cool thing. Like, I heard somebody say it, like, on Twitter, like, kneeling now is the new dab. And it, it kind of is. And it's really frustrating and sad that it's, it seems like it's going to that point. But I don't know. Just 
for people listening, if 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 you're gonna comment on that situation, please understand like what the original point of that was, because that that part is just getting lost, and people are arguing about things that had nothing to do with what Kaepernick was trying to bring attention to. But I'll, I'll shut up about that. I, I could go on and on and on, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to get that's it's been on my spirit. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get that off my chest real quick. Well, basically, um, yeah, um, Donald Trump came at the NFL, and they responded in a way they did that so they could say F you. Right. And that's what that was about. And that's how it is. Like, people, like, being woke is cool nowadays. Like, it's a thing. Like, people are not aware of stuff because they're actually interested. They're aware because it's cool. To right. be aware, and that's the time that we live in. It. This is what it is. Like, yeah, it. Uh, the world is, is crazy. I can't wait to see like what textbooks and like, I want to see like <laughs> how is his how is history gonna reflect back on this like, when we're older, like, I don't know. It, it's it's gonna be it, we're in a really interesting times, man. Like it, it's gonna be crazy to see how the world like um, it, it's like a movie. It's like we're all <laughs> trapped in like <laughs> we're all trapped in this film that is just a cluster of just just nonsense, and it just it's the longest film ever. And I don't know if we're at the middle or if we're close to the end. I don't know. We're we're just. We're just going along for the ride, and I'm really interested to see. Like, I feel like we're 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 at like a crossroad right now. Like, this whole Trump thing from the beginning could either somehow turn out to be like a blessing in disguise, and being that now that we're seeing this this era that kind of Trump has created, that maybe this will wake people up and be like, all right, we can't do this again, and maybe this will swing things some other way. Or maybe we plummet further and further because people are just I don't know. I don't know. It's it's weird, but I'm I'm along for the ride with everybody else. So <laughs> I don't know. It, we're in we're we're in weird times. Just really, really weird times. I hear people say that all the time. But like how you say this, like we we live in a time where we got resources that no one's ever encountered like with the internet like we're like we're pretty much like we're like the test dummies right so we're we're we're, like no seriously like we're literally figuring out how you know this like how is this going to change the fabric of how medias proceed how people communicate, like how we, how you know, how we build and how we learn from that. Nobody, our, our parents don't know anything about this. Our right. grandparents, like this is completely new. Like, I um, I grew up in the nineties, so like, um, the internet wasn't really a thing until maybe like I was around thirteen, fourteen years of age. Right. So yeah, like, that's, I grew yeah. up with, like I grew up like pre predating um internet so like when it was like implemented and like Twitter and all this stuff started becoming trending, 
I was a little bit older. Like my little cousin, he's he's ten. He ain't never been around where there was no YouTube. He's right, not, you know, he's, yeah. never been, he's never been in that time. Uh, my niece and my nephew, like they're growing up in the the this chaos that we're trying to figure out. So hopefully we can figure <laughs> it out so that it can be implemented in the way that it is. Like you know, we're able to you know the the media is controlled by the same people. So the internet is kind of like able to counter the type of information that we we that we get. But then on the other hand, you got people that can just go online and be making up everything or whatever they want to make up because it's the internet. Right. So and people will flock to that. Yeah, people. people yeah. They believe the first thing you tell them. Yeah, it's <clears throat> yeah, it is weird because we're like old enough. To have grown up with no internet, but young enough to still remember when like it first came around, so we're we're <laughs> we're like this weird spot where it's just like yeah we we've just been thrust into this digital world, and we're the first ones, and it's like all right, I guess you guys need to figure this out, but it's like how do you figure out how to manage this tool that nobody nobody's ever had to wield this kind of power before it's like <laughs> it's like you gave thor's hammer to like a three-year-old <laughs> <laughs> and it's like here you go kid uh you got the most powerful tool on earth good luck <laughs> nobody's gonna tell you how to use it just just figure it out yeah it's it's but i i, I think it, it is good though in a way because and it sucks because it's information from both sides spreads really fast good information and false information but i think at least now with this digital age at least i would like to think it's starting to get easier to see through bs like because it's just so many people now like the internet is like the entire world we're all gathered in this one room so it's easy to it's getting easier to spot nonsense and people lying and but then it's also weird because, you know, you, you have to figure out how to use this tool the right way. Like, this is probably the most innovative thing ever created. And, yeah, like, it's it's not easy to figure out how to get millions of people for us to all move on one accord. It's like, <clears throat> it's like a football team, and we hiked the ball, but everybody ran in a different direction. Like, there's no, there's no play drawn up. There's no X's and O's. We're all just kind of just... I don't know. The raw receivers are running their routes. The old linemen are doing what they're doing. The quarterback is scrambling. It's just chaos. <laughs> and, yeah, I think, I, I want to think, though, that hopefully we'll all eventually get to that point where we can move at, at somewhat one accord. Hopefully, because it's, it's too much going on right now where, like, a, as, like, a society, we can't afford to... We can't afford to just all be running around doing our old thing. You got people in Puerto Rico who don't have, like, power, don't have food. And I think the internet is good. It can bring light to those issues. And I've even seen, like, you know, people posting links to, like, credible places you can donate to so that those people get, like, legit help instead of donating to organizations who just seem to take money. So, yeah, the, the internet is the biggest double-edged sword ever and we're still trying to figure out how to carry thor's hammer properly <laughs> so hopefully between our generation and these kids coming up 
Yeah, we're gonna have to figure this out. We're gonna have to figure this out. But that's the thing, though. We're the test dummies, and the 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 kids that are a little bit younger than us, they're gonna be the ones to to like put that in motion. They're gonna watch from uh, the people before us. Did this, this, that, and the third. So they're gonna learn, and they're gonna be the ones to kind of like implement these things and like focus this stuff. But at the same time, I want it, it to be some type of order, but I don't want it to be like this, like this slave mentality, like where we all just have one idea. Right, and we all. Like, I want, yeah, yeah. I don't want like I, I don't want to talk to somebody that's gonna agree with everything I gotta say. I want to talk to somebody that's gonna they're gonna agree with me, but in other a- aspects they're gonna debate with me. You don't learn what everybody. It's just like yes, man. That's no fun. Right. Like I, I want to be able to argue a little bit, <laughs> like not you know to a point right. where it's like ruin somebody's lives. But I want to be able to to have debate and and be passionate about differences and stuff. So that to me is important that it stays like that. Yeah. Those no those sheep movements lead uh those sheep movements lead to to dangerous situations. We. There are plenty of movies about this. <laughs> we, we see, we we've seen what happens when too many people move in one accord in the wrong direction, and it, it never goes well. But yeah, man, interesting times, man. It's I always think randomly, like whether people believe in afterlife or not. Like, somebody in the afterlife looking at Earth like a movie. Like, this is like one big reality show. Somebody, I feel like that could be an interesting, like, novel. I hear something. <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, like somebody in the afterlife, or they're, if there are aliens out there, they're watching Earth like, bro, I don't know if we, right, we can't, met these people, right, these people are crazy. Like, we don't need to conquer Earth. They're killing themselves. So we'll wait until they blow up themselves, and then we'll just move in when they're finished. They were <laughs> like, watching us like, yo, like, why would you send me here? I want to come back home. Right. Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> <Right. laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it's... Earth is a... It's a weird... I don't know. Society as a whole, man. It's, 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 it's just really interesting. It's really... Interesting to watch. I, I can just only hope that we all figure this out before somehow it's too late. <laughs> well, it's like we we don't really have a choice in the matter. It's kind of like you going to sink or you going to swim. Either you're going to figure yep. it out, or some the wrong person is going to figure it out, and then we have another trumpet office. So that yep. that you don't want that. So, um, so I'm gonna. Uh, um, and this right here, because we've been talking for a really long time. Um, could you let the uh, the listeners know how they can find you? All right. So if you want to listen to my podcast, which is called the Dojo Talk Podcast, um, you can listen to me on SoundCloud, Google Play. Um, I finally also got added to iTunes, so I'm on there. And quick note, if you search me on iTunes, um, you have to search Serial Sensei, and then my podcast will... Uh, pop up so i'm on there um if you want to get at me on twitter i am at serial sensei um 
I'm also on WordPress, which I don't use often, but every every now and again I pop up on there. Oh, and also, uh, podcast has a Facebook page, so just go to Facebook and type in Dojo Talk Podcast. You'll see my little logo, so you can click on that. So, yep, on Twitter, on Facebook, um, I'm I'm, I'm trying to get better at this whole social media game, but I'm I'm, I'm out there. I'm I'm in trying to put myself in as many avenues as possible so um if you're interested in mixed martial arts if you like music um if you want to hear a movie review maybe every now and again anime review every now and again uh give my podcast a look uh, if you follow me on twitter kind of more of the same deal and me just posting randomness so. <laughs> but <laughs> if you want to get at me on twitter um yeah at serial sensei um, I post all of my links to like anything podcast related I do on there, so that's a, a good way to follow me if you, you know, want to see the podcast. And eventually, when my book comes out, hopefully sometime before I die, that'll be on there too. <laughs> I'll post a, a link to that. So, yeah, just uh, type in Serial Sensei, you'll find me. I'm 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 out there. I'm out there in these digital streets. <laughs> I plug your um your uh, book one more time. Uh, my book. Whenever it comes out, will be entitled The Oddball Chronicles. It is a short story series. Um, I guess the best way to describe it would be kind of like a mix between like the Boondocks meets Hey Arnold. A um, lot of comedy, a lot of drama, but definitely infused with real life situations and things you'll laugh, things you'll be able to laugh at, things you'll be able to learn from. Um, I want this book to symbolize like the the growing process just like of a person of like pitfalls learning from mistakes repeating mistakes <laughs> you know just kind of that struggle that we all we all go through I, I want this to be something relatable but I want you to also laugh at it you know but I, I think it'll be a really good read I, I have sent teasers out to a few people so shout out to the very few like literally a few people <laughs> who I've sent uh, it out to um, I wrote the book in like episodes because I don't want it to be technically like a linear story there'll be themes throughout but not every single like chapter is tied to the next so I actually literally listed as episodes because I want the readers to think of it like that but um, I've sent it out to a few people I've gotten some some pretty good feedback so far so um, yeah, man, look, I'm, I'm hoping, I'm really, like, literally hoping, and if, if not by the end of this year, like, in 2018, at the latest, sometime, this, this book should be out. <laughs> it should be a physical thing, or at least on, like, a Kindle that you can look at. So, yeah, man, the Arbaugh Chronicles. You, you heard it here first. When it drops, it's going to be some fire. I hope. <laughs> But yeah, man, I'm I'm definitely I can't wait to put this out. I've been working on this since like 2013, and I, I think when I finish it and I put it out, I, I think people will enjoy it. I think I think it's gonna be pretty dope. All right, I would like to thank Serial Sensei for joining me on this long, long interview, and for the rest of y'all, check y'all later. Peace. Peace.